What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast, a podcast to promote and improve your practice as an athletic trainer. I've been working on the patient-reported outcomes, patient-centered approach to athletic training services, and one of the things that I've really struggled with is goal setting. And so we're going to have some kind of definition, working definition of what we're talking about, but Daria, Ray, and John are going to help me figure out how I can help my patients set their own goals, help them set some goals that they can achieve, some goals that are going to stretch them, and do it in a way that they understand and they don't just stare at me awkwardly. So without much further ado, I want to introduce Ray, John, and Daria, and if you've been listening or watching for a while, you've seen all of them at some point before. So Ray, you're first up on the screen. Why don't you give a quick good morning? Good morning, y'all. How you doing? And then John next. Good morning, everybody from sunny Michigan. As he was shoveling snow in his shorts this morning. So, and then Daria. Say good morning from not so sunny New York City. And this is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash goal setting in rehab. Sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash goal setting in rehab. So, without much further ado, Daria, um, as a physical therapist and a licensed athletic trainer, you were just talking about how you set goals every day for patients. And so I want to get a working definition so that we're kind of on the same page. We're making sure we're talking about the same thing as far as goal setting. So what do you have for us? Yeah. So with all of my clinic patients, we set goals. And what we're doing is you're taking what, so the patients will have something that they may not be what we're thinking, particularly as athletic trainers, we might just be thinking about, they want to play their sport again, but there might be other things, middle steps that have to get there, things not related to sports that they want to do. So taking something that's important to them that they want to achieve. And then on our end, looking at objective things that they need to meet. And that could be range of motion, strength, balance, looking at our outcome assessments. And then so from what we're looking at objectively, what do they need to do to be able to get to whatever their ultimate goal is? So you wanna look at goals that they are measurable and attainable, that they are time oriented. We're always making sure that there is a time parameter on the goal that is just not open-ended. Um, and that we're working on them together. It's not you know, me as a clinician saying, this is what you're going to be able to do later. Listening to them as a patient, we talk about patient value a lot, um, making sure that we are hearing them and recognizing them as the total person. I was going to kind of add to what Daria just mentioned. Um, I kind of use, uh, you know, those, those smart goals um, as a as a base, uh, if you will, for for goal setting. Um, but again, to echo what Daria had said, I think there, it's it's twofold when you start thinking about patient centered goals. So. Um, number one, you want to you want to treat the if you have to use the ailment, if you will. So whether it's an ACL or uh, ankle sprain or rotator cuff strain, um, as a as a guide in a sense, but you're treating the patient most, uh, first and foremost. So um, you got to see what their goals are, not only athletically, but um, again, like Daria had mentioned, uh, what what do they do on an on an everyday basis with their activities of daily living? So. Um, you know, does it hurt when you get up and down the stairs? Does it hurt when, um, you know, you're transitioning from a seated position to a standing position, uh, et cetera? I mean, those are things, those are the little things that are going to help aid us um, when we do get to the, the more functional um, athletic side of things, um, because those simple movements and elementary steps that they take in their everyday lives are really going to enforce uh, a little bit of confidence in them um, as they transition to, to their athletic side of things here. All right, let's go back to the objective measures. That was the first thing that Daria gave us is looking at objective measures. One of the things that I've been asking to kind of measure is a subjective. It's what is your pain zero to 10? How, how can I change that? Because 
let's define objective a little bit more. Um, I think you said, you know, this degree of flexion or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but even looking at stuff like if you're using the complex or using biofeedback units, those kind of things, those are subjective to where you place the pads as well and subjective to the day. And so let's talk a little bit more about objective measures so that we're a little bit more clear. So with objective measures, it could be as like simple or as basic as looking at yeah, getting at a goniometer, looking at range of motion, getting some strength parameters, and it could be through a manual muscle test, which are somewhat subjective, but you could use MMTs. Um, looking at, can they say a particular lift? Can they move this much weight when they're doing a squat, for example? Things that they will need to be able to do to ultimately get to that goal. Because say somebody as a, just generally has maybe that, like two out of three strength in their leg, they're probably not going to be able to run because you need a lot more strength than that to run. So, and you can even take, take a baby steps. Like if it's somebody who's post-op, you might not be setting a big goal of running yet because that's going to be so far away. So taking something, they need to be able to walk. What do we need functionally? We need this much range of motion at each joint. We need so much strength. Um, and it, it, you can include subjective too. Pain is important because sometimes I'll set goals related to that pain will go from moderate to minimal and whatever scale you're using to allow them to sleep better. So they're not getting awakened as much at night with sleep. So they're able to sit for an hour before being disturbed by pain, things like that. So you can use, even though it's subjective um, for the patient, you still can use pain um, as one of the measures you're using because you don't want to just kind of say, not that anyone would do this, but the patient will be better. Like, what does that mean? So what are ways we can actually look at on paper to kind of say, okay, they were here, maybe put some numbers on it. And now they're over here which on my end of the clinic, we need for insurance purposes. And we, either way, we still want to show that what we're doing is helping, is effective. Or you can look at it and say, well, here, you know, objectively, you were only able to walk, say, 50 feet. And two weeks later, you still can only walk 50 feet. So what do we need to change? Um, or what can we, what do we need to improve so you can get closer to your goal? So I think that that does a pretty good job of giving us um, some working definitions. And we'll go through kind of, as we talk through some of my examples of... What we're looking for and again objective measures as we just talked about the range of motion the strength parameters the rep or weight count um, the distance if it's you know how far can they walk without getting tired that kind of thing um, and then don't use words like the patient will feel better because that there's no measurable part there using the smart concept which is the subject uh, the specific measurable attainable realistic time bound so working on them together and then recognizing them as the total person and again, that's kind of one of the reasons, the big reasons that I'm trying to move towards the patient reported outcome measures, which Ray was with me on that one, um, and moving towards the patient-centered athletic training services because their goal is not always my goal. So I think in athletics for so long, we've assumed that the goal was to get back out there and play, just to get back out there and play as fast as I can. Well, you know, as I've learned through the podcast, sometimes their goal is to take a day off. One of the kids that I checked out just yesterday said, hey, man, where is your battery today? Are you 100% full? Are you like at 0%? He's like, man, my ankle was hurting. I didn't sleep at all. I feel like I'm about 10%. Like, I'm just drained. And so then it's like, well, yes, his ankle is swollen, but his goal is also to, to reduce the pain so he can sleep, not so he can get back out there, but his immediate goal is to reduce that pain so he can sleep so he can recharge his battery and be ready to train, do the rehab stuff the next day or the next day. So it's, it's important to figure out how you're going to work these into your, uh, your system of what you're doing, and then just kind of continue to grow with it there. Um, 
So, John, let's go with some examples of not good goal setting. Some Maybe some times where you tried and didn't work or things like that. And then we'll just kind of go down the line. Uh, so, again, we're looking at not good goal setting. I, I mentioned before where I've said, what's your goal for today? And they're like, I don't know, for you to check me out, for you to say I'm good. So, so what are some examples you have, John? You know, we're talking about patient-centered care right here. And when we look at that and look at bad goal setting, if you take the patient out of the equation and start setting goals as the practitioner, number one, that shows your ego as a practitioner. All right. So if you come in and you're like, hey, listen, this kid, I want them playing at week two versus week, you know, 10. Um, and, And that's pushing your ego onto the whole subject. So if you take the patient out of this, that is what's going to set you up for failure for goal setting. And and to me, that's not even goal setting. That's just pushing an athlete. Um, And yeah, in athletics, there are plenty of times where we have to push an athlete, but we have to do it smart, right? We have to do it where we're not going to injure the athlete any further. We're going to, you know, uh, take time away from them. Um, We have to be uh, continuously listening and building a rapport with the athlete, with the patient, so that it comes back to the patient and we're understanding what their goals are. If you take the patient out of it, that's where you're going to fail when it comes to goal setting. I 100% agree. I think the a, a big failure in um, goal setting is absolutely removing the patient. I think in the athletic training setting, um, having other extrinsic factors uh, navigate your your uh, your goals are also a big problem. So bringing, for example, having coaches dictate when an athlete should return to play um, is a major, major flaw in athletics, uh, especially in our, in, in our field of athletic training. Um, so again, just kind of, again, getting back to, I don't care what you say as a coach, or I don't care what the parent says. I don't care what uh, we're going to, we're going to do what's the best uh, thing for, for our patient at the time. And there's plenty of times too, where somebody gets injured and, and I've done this and I still continue to do this. And I, you know, luckily the more I, I work, the more I practice, the more I catch myself, but it's, Hey, so-and-so got a concussion on Friday. That means they're back the next Friday. Right. And you, you start agreeing with them or they sprain their ankle. That means they're out for a week. Right. Or they're out for two weeks. And you're like, well, yeah, in your mind, you want to say, yeah, two weeks is fine. Perfect. But then what you end up doing is taking the patient, you take the athlete, you take the student out of that equation and you don't actually work with them. So you automatically set a goal, which may not be attainable at all. And then you're pushing yourself up against time frame, which then pushes your ego, pushes you as a practitioner to try to get this patient back in an unhealthy way. I'm going to give a personal real life example of awful goal setting. <laughs> So um, for anyone who's on Twitter, they know I've been talking about having long COVID. I've had symptoms since March. So because I'm a very stubborn athlete, initially, I'm just looking, I want to get back to running and walking and dancing and things. So when we only are looking at sport participation, I am still was able to say, I can walk so far, I can run so far. But if you look at the whole picture, I was completely crashing every time. Like my symptoms were getting worse. Things were not good but I was able to go participate in the sports and dance that I want to do. So making sure when you're also setting those goals, it's not just like, can they get to the game or the practice, but what is it doing to them? What is the quality of their participation? How is it affecting the injury or illness that they have? Well, like I said, I've had plenty of examples where it's the same thing. Like, all right, well, two weeks, even, even yesterday with a kid with the ankle, um, I was like, so 
you know, with the amount of swelling, I would expect that you might be back out there practicing in two weeks. I didn't say, hey, coach, he's going to be back in two weeks playing. I said, I would I would expect you'd be back in two weeks so that he kind of has a, an idea and a time frame. Working in all of these things, let's look at some, some examples of how we can do that. Because like John said, yeah, he'll be back in a week. But how can I say, how can we work in? It is specific, it's measurable, attainable, realistic, time-bound, or whatever, you know, little change in, in that formula that you're using. So we got this kid sprained his ankle um, on Sunday. It's, you know, a lot of swelling, limited range of motion. But how do I help him set those goals so that he can succeed, so that um, I can motivate him but not push him beyond where he's capable of what are some of the things that you might do questions you might ask things you might measure as we're going through there yeah so i i think for me um and jeremy you know i've kind of touched on this before in the past is uh just kind of walking the patient through the process so um you know just educating them on well hey you got this you know swollen ankle your range of motion is very limited you've got you know x amount of pain um let's work on getting this inflammation down here. Let's work on decreasing your pain. Let's work on getting better range of motion uh, and not setting an, an, a, a timeline necessarily on, on, on creating uh, those things. Um, and then you say, Hey, you know, once, once we decrease this range of motion or sorry, increase this range of motion, decrease this inflammation, et cetera, we can start getting into more functional stuff. We can start working on some, um, uh, you know, strength exercises, some functional movements. Um, then we can get into plyometrics. We can get into sports specific exercises. Again, just, just in a, in a broad scope of things, just really educating the patient on what you expect out of them um, and then offering them to, to give their expectations of you as a clinician as well. You know, I, I like to take a look at it from a department view of, of dealing with injuries. So, um, you know, last year, uh, what we ended up doing as a department was we set department goals. What is our goal as an athletic training department here in the high school? Uh, once we took that, then we created our personal goals as practitioners. So I do it with the interns. I did it with my, my assistant, myself. What was our, what were our professional goals for that year? Didn't have to be 10 or 20 of them. It was two or three. Um, and, and then when we put them, we literally wrote them and put them on the wall that led everything that we did last year. Of course, we didn't get a chance really to do it this year because everything got blown up in the, you know, in the spring, but we looked at that every single day in our office and every single time we had a, you know, we, we started dealing with a patient or we started dealing with an athlete um, or we could feel ourselves kind of slipping with an athlete, like just, it, you know, things aren't progressing, things aren't doing well. We had to look back at that uh, set of goals as a department, as, as the individual. Um, so when we look at, you know, for, for me, when I look at patient centered goals, and I know I just talked about the ego of the, the pay, uh, the practitioner, um, you still need to have a goal as a practitioner to help guide you with your own patient care. Uh, and, and that for us really, really helped us last year. Uh, it increased our patient contact. So, you know, the students started seeing more, um, they start trusting us more. Other students that we may not have seen in the past, they started to come to see us more. Um, we gained trust with our coaching staff, with our administration. Um, and, and we really started getting more busy 
than we had in the past. Uh, once we created that initial goal, that led us to dealing with the patient and then asking them, what are your goals? When their goals aligned with our goals as a department, that's when we saw those patients accelerate through their rehabs. That's fantastic. I love that. I think it's so easy in like in any setting to just go in and do your work and go home and we get in ruts and especially when you have athletes who just through their falls or not, you know, if they just want to like do modalities and stuff, we just kind of get in the cycle. So when you have like a thing you actually are looking towards and working towards, you know, like what is my purpose? Why am I personally here every day? Um, that allows you to better help people. So, you know, for me, um, it's different, I think, in a clinic setting, but, you know, I'll go home and have to write up my evals and I look at, like, I'm literally putting everything together, looking at the big picture. All right, they want to get to here and we're currently here and what are all the little things in between that have to happen? Because it, it's, when working, with, regardless of what the injury or illness is, you know, people can, athletes can become frustrated because they're not at their end goal yet. I literally just had this conversation last night with somebody. One of the big goals is he wants to be able to, like, just bend forward and tie his shoes again and there's, you know, things limiting it. And I said, even though you're not there yet over these past few weeks, you now can go from reach bending just to your knees to like lower in your shin. And this is stuff, you know, that I'm documenting. I said, oh, yeah, I can. And looking at um, we're going over, you know, I had him going from the floor to standing. and It was really difficult for him to do before I had to put his hands on his thighs. And now I'm like, you can do that without, you know, extra support, which is a really good thing, too. And it's only because I'm, I'm going back to the goals he and I set together at that first visit. But then I can start checking off. All right. Even if you're not all the way over here yet you are in a better place than you were before. And we can like objectively look at and measure that. All right. So setting a overall goal, um, helps you guide the patient and making sure you're including them. And so that was actually one of the good things. I'm glad you came back to that, John, cause I was going to say, you just said set your own goal and then make sure you don't take the patient out of the equation, but you give a good balance of, of how you do that. And so I mentioned before some of the ways that, I've asked this question ends up with an awkward, like, what do you mean? So I've asked, you know, what is your goal for today? I've asked, what are you hoping to get out of coming in today? Or what are you wanting to hear after the evaluation? And so maybe, maybe what I'm doing there is, is not actually like goal setting and rehab, but it's just goal setting for the visit. So help me clarify my thoughts there and the process so that I can ask a better question and I've actually asked the students, hey, when I ask this question, like, how can I do it better? How can I, how can I communicate this better with you, right? And so these are kind of the ways that I've done it. What is your goal for today? Uh, what are you hoping to get out of coming in today? Or what are you wanting to hear after the evaluation? And the kids that have come in multiple times, they kind of know because I've asked them this question over and over again. And so they kind of have an idea of where, we're, where it's headed. But the kids that are new... Those are the ones that I want to be able to make them feel more in control of their care. So kind of guide me on those questions and how can I make it better? I think with kids sometimes it's tough because this might be one of the first times where somebody is specifically asking them, like, what do you want to do? You know, there's not necessarily a parent there or somebody else guiding. It's like, it's just, it's me and you. And what are we going to work on? And they might not have been in that situation and say, oh, I get to answer for myself and it's about me and what I need to work towards. I love that you are asking all of this. And so I'm with you on that too, that like there's this overall like therapy goals 
what they ultimately want to be able to achieve. But then, yeah, there are daily goals. And sometimes like people will tell me, like, I want to learn how to be able to stretch this. Or when I'm in pain, I want to learn how to be able to like take care of it on my own when I'm home. Or I want to learn a different way to do this ADL because right now, you know, it's difficult to do. But all of those little things that I shouldn't say little, but all those things that they might be a daily goal will still kind of like tie into ultimately getting to like whatever their like larger, um, bigger goals are. You know, for me, it's, it's the, it's the relationship building, you know, as an athletic trainer, we, we hang our hat on relationship building and, and working with our patients and our athletes, you know, you can easily walk into a room and ask the person straight ahead, what is your goal for today? And you may get, you know, 40% of the people answer that correctly or, or do well with that. Um, but there's times where you need to kind of fish it out. Uh, and you see it a lot with the younger kids, right? You don't, they don't know how to answer for themselves. They may not even know what the word goal means, right? So how do you uh, elaborate on that? You know, my four-year-old now is amazing at asking these questions that we, uh, we he'll ask a definition of things that we've just, you know, taken as uh, part of our daily life, you know, and you have to go back to it and be simple with our patients too. It's not saying that our patients are simple. You just want to be able to elaborate on things very easily so that they understand those things and that you can get around to the point of what you're trying to get at. You know, what's the real question at? You know, yeah, you want to say, what's your goal for today? What's your goal for this session? What's your goal for rehab overall? Uh, but, you know, you, you may not be able to say that because uh, it may turn people off to what you're trying to ask them. So it's the relationship building. It's, it's, it's getting to know the person a little bit, asking about the, uh, the injury, asking about, you know, uh, how many times they've been injured. Realistically, you're talking about the history. You know, when, when you see a patient in the clinic, your first thing you do is take a history. It's the same thing we do in the, in the athletic training room. You know, we take a history, but a lot of times it's, Hey, how was school today? Uh, how was, how was your weekend? Uh, what did you learn today? And my favorite question I ask students and it always stumps them is, is what did you learn today? Give me three things you learned today. And then they have to stumble along. And, and that, you know, throughout that, that funny question is, um, you start talking about the injury or you start talking about the, the game on Friday night, you, you get those history things. And then you, you start piecing together things that they say, and then you're able to bring it back to say, Hey, you mentioned this is this something that you want to change? Is this something that you want to get better at? Um, you know, if, if you're talking about an injury that happened on a Friday night and then they tell you on Saturday and Sunday, things start getting better, but X, Y, and Z are, are happening. You know, that's where you take those little bits of information. You hold those in the other hand, and then you start building that uh, to, to say, is this your goal? Is this your, what you want to get better at? And then as a department, as an, as a clinician, you use those things to help them achieve those goals. Yeah, I 100% agree with both of you, John and Daria. Um, I, I really and truly think it's uh, it's peeling back an onion um, in, in regards to just uh, formulating relationships and, and developing relationships. So uh, I'll give you a little bit of a personal uh, experience I had just yesterday. Um, I had a new patient come in, and um, the, the very first question I usually ask with new patients is, how can I help you today? And it's just as simple. It's just that simple. Um, and then they'll say, Hey, my, you know, X, Y, Z, my shoulder, my ankle, my knee hurts. Um, and then you, again, as John had mentioned, you get a little bit of a history of the injury. Um, and then you kind of start some asking some general human questions. <laughs> how was your Thanksgiving? Um, you know, how, 
how was school today? Uh, you have, do you have a lot of homework over the break? You know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then you start figuring out who they are as a human. <laughs> and um, a lot of times, the just general casual conversation will, will, will lead to um, uh, some goals, maybe not physical goals, but more psychosocial goals um, that, can, that can really limit their, their physical capabilities. Um, so I, I, as, as John and, and Daria alluded to, I think it's, it's really and truly um, establishing and building relationships with uh, every patient that comes in and, and peeling back the onion a little bit um, as you move forward. Psychosocial is such a great part too. And I think it's so easy for us to forget because we're focused on all on more of the biological stuff. But like, for example, with building relationships with people, when you get to talking with them and when you see, because many, not everybody, many people I see have had kind of more longstanding things and they start to alter their lives to adapt to the pain or impairment or whatever and don't even realize it. And then you could ask about like, say they have grandkids or kids and that you find out they don't go on the floor to play with them anymore because they can't like, oh, I didn't even realize I stopped getting on the floor with my kids or grandkids or pet or whatever. And then like, oh, so what's stopping you from doing that? And sometimes it, you can find out, sometimes they literally could just be fear. They're nervous. They don't want to exacerbate something. Or they say, no, I literally can't. I can't. Or if I get to the floor, I can't get back up. And now just from having like a little conversation about whatever's going on in their life, their life, you're finding more out. It's like in my case, not all the time, but a lot of the time patients are referred from physicians and I'll get my doctor sent me here. You know, they know they're hurt, maybe that is surgery and they might not have given any thought to it because it's just, you're supposed to go to physical therapy when you're done. That's what you do. Um, like, okay, well, what can we work on? What is important? What matters? And as everyone said, you know, really seeing the entire person as a whole, um, like right now I am, I, I've mentioned in the previous podcast, I'm in an industrial setting in the mornings and here, you know, we're looking at, can they work? Is it safe? But again, there are, there are people who do things when they're not at their job. So making sure that you're, you're looking at it the whole and getting in those little conversations that sometimes it's, I think it's easy to say, all right, you know, I only have this much time. And, but when you start talking to them outside of specifically the injury or illness that they're seeing you for, you can find all kinds of information to help them. Look, Daria, I'm glad you touched your earphone because I had turned my microphone off because they play music during the bells, like during the transition. And so they were playing Jingle Bell Rock or something. And I was trying to keep it out of the microphone. But then I forgot. All right. So one of the things that I just picked up, Ray's question was great. How can I help you today? Because I don't think there's any way to confuse that. Right. And then, then they'll be able to talk there. But I'm thinking um, that what kind of what y'all were saying is maybe start talking to them. Um, and then like after you've had, you know, several conversations, like, how are you doing today? Um, how can I help you today? But then t maybe towards the end, you can ask, okay, what is your goal? Because then they're already kind of on the on the thread or the, the vein of, um, you know, I want to get better. And they've kind of already discussed, I want to be able to sleep at night. Or they've discussed, I just want to get back out there and play. Or I just want to know it's not broken. Um, what are your thoughts there? Do you think that adding the what is your goal question further down in the in the history would make a difference for me? I don't think so. I, I think it's it's how you get to that question. Uh, and, and like I said, I don't think you necessarily have to say it exactly like that. Um, but it depends on your rapport with the athlete. You know, if it's somebody you've worked with over the past four years and and you're able to be blunt and honest or, or, or quick and uh, have, a, have a quick conversation with, yeah, it's, hey, what's your goal today? As soon as they walk in, hey, what's your goal today? All right, let's get after it. And then if it's a new kid or if it's somebody you haven't dealt with in the past, or maybe it is a, a shy athlete that you have dealt with in the past, it's kind of coaxing it out of them, having the conversation, finding those bits of information, and then 
getting around to asking that that question. Uh, maybe you, you get them on the bike and get them moving a little bit and you have the little conversation while they're going at it. And then uh, you say, OK, well, you know, what, what is your goal? Let's 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 set a goal for today. Let's uh, let's let's set an objective number that we can reach today. And that way we can feel good about ourselves. We don't have to do 10 extra pounds a day. Maybe it's just one extra pound. Maybe it's 10 extra feet versus 100 extra feet. Something to make us feel a little bit better. That way we can compare yesterday to today. And if 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 you aren't able to do that, you're not going to be able to see the progress. You know, in, in the secondary setting, you you usually don't use a lot of objective goals because there's not a lot of reporting back, right? You know, I'm not sending back reports to, to insurance, which is, you know, great, but you know, sometimes it's not great, but you know, I don't have to prove those things to companies to, to get paid, you know, or anything. Um, but you know, sometimes you take a look at those things, you show them, uh, to the students say, Hey, you know, last week you were only able to do three times 10 for a hundred pounds. And this week you're at three times 12 for a hundred pounds. That may not seem a lot, but you know what? Hey, listen, you're doing six extra over the course of this exercise. And once you're able to show those things and give proof, that's that's the reason why you ask that question. That's why you, you continuously ask those types of questions. So just on that same idea there, we have a ACL patient. And one of the things that she's been working on is making a full revolution on the bike. So she was going, you know, about a half and then back, half and back. So just kind of rocking. And then she was getting a little closer. And then she's able to make a full rotation. And then she's able to continually make full rotations. And, and daily, I was like, hey, you're doing, you know, that's better than yesterday. Hey, that's better than, you know, last week. You know, oh, you're able to make a full rotation now. So using that motivation is, is good and something that I've done, whether because of all these podcasts or whatever. But definitely something that I've been able to use uh, and I didn't measure it like, oh, well, you're able to go this many degrees, but it's something that she obviously knows how far she can go and she's noticed. You made a, a good point with the um, with insurance and setting goals because anyone who works an outpatient, like documentation is the worst thing ever. And on one end, we say it's so frustrating to have to do all these notes, but on the other side, like it like forces me to have to put all these pieces together and look at... Um, you know, what we found subjectively and objectively and what we need to do to get from like A to B. Um, and it really changed like how I look at things because, so it's interesting to me to like see my, my own personal pro profession, I say progress while I was working as an AT while learning about goal setting in PT school. And it sort of like sort of changed it. Cause I started asking questions. I previously wouldn't have, like I worked at NYU and when we would have athletes on crutches, you know, they're in New York city. So I'd ask about, um, are there stairs to get to your apartment? And they would all just kind of look at me like, or is there an elevator? And like, that's a fair question because I just started learning about this in school. hadn't thought about it before when I was an undergrad, when I was a student. Um, and hey, maybe that's something we need to work on. It might not be necessary to play basketball again specifically, but you do need to be able, you know, to to get up and down the stairs if that's in your building. Um, so it's just it's kind of it's really changed the way that I've kind of looked at goals and even just overall how I do my assessment. Like to your previous question, I don't necessarily have a time like I'm going to ask about goals like during um, the initial appointment when we're getting the subjective information it really depends on the person. But it's just I'm always I feel like I always have like these things thinking in my head as they're telling me little pieces of information, how we're kind of tying it together, getting like a whole picture of the person and then say, hey, OK, so it sounds like you're telling me this, this and this. What are some ways that we can come up with together to help you get to the, whatever that ultimate goal is? 
for me personally, after I, you know, I, I said I, I used the question, uh, how may I help you today, or how can I help you today, I immediately turned it to from there to a to a collective question. So how can we um, get you to, uh, to to be confident to return to X? Um, so you know, how can we get how can we together get you in this session to return confidently to swim, to basketball, to football, etc. Um, and that leads to a little bit more conversations then that can lead to a little bit more specific goal setting. So, um, you know, again, I'm going to mention my, my case from yesterday. I had a swimmer come in complaining of shoulder pain. Um, and he said he had pain with, um, uh, abduction, uh, pain with a little bit of forward flexion. And, um, I went into some, uh, I talked a little bit about, um, dynamic posture. Um, we talked a little bit about mobility. Um, and then we talked about some strengthening stuff that you can do. So, um, and what it, what it did is it turned into essentially a home exercise program for him. And, and then me, uh, so I, t I tailored that for him. We tailored that together uh, based on his limitations. And then I said, okay, well, you know, this is something that we can start off, um, you know, before practice uh, every single day uh, or three times a week, uh, whatever, whatever helps you and, and aids you in, in feeling, again, confident, your, your, your personal confidence in being able to complete what you need to complete on a daily basis. So, again, I, I, I like going from uh, – the, again, how can I help you to how can we collectively as a unit um, create a better environment for you? With the ankle sprain that I've kind of mentioned a couple of times, typically with an ankle sprain, I, I try to give them a timeline, but a functional timeline. So we've talked about functional return to play rather than a, a date specific return to play from surgery, that kind of thing. And so normally like I'll, show, I'll hold out my hand and I'll show them, look, first you need to be able to walk pain-free and then you can move up the ladder once you can jog pain-free and then once you can run pain-free once you can practice pain-free and then return to play pain-free and so normally i'll say look these are this is kind of what we what we need to see however long that takes you and so then they have an idea okay well i need to be able to do this 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 and this um and so i think that kind of works into how we're talking about like the short-term goals long-term goals um but let's move into that so we've kind of got the the question how can i help you today all right how can we work together to get better there again building the relationship asking those other questions you know figuring out what's going on in their life whether that's they want to crawl around on the floor or go for a run be able to pick up their kids uh, or get back to sport so let's talk a little bit more about setting those long-term and short-term goals because in the secondary setting i might see a kid in the morning and during the athletic period and after school so do I have to set three different goals for them that day? Do we just say, okay, well, this is our goal for the week. So what does that look like in a high school type setting rather than somebody that, that may only come in a week to say a physical therapy clinic where, you know, Daria is seeing them once a week, once every two weeks or whatever it is. I don't know the exact situation, but. So I'll start off. I, you know, for me, it's, and anybody who sat in a committee meeting with me, they know are they're probably annoyed with uh, my talk of the target. All right. What does your target look like? And the target is realistically for me, it's the goal. All right. So in the middle of your target, you have your bullseye. That is your number one goal. That's what you're working towards. So if it's back to the playing field, you know, playing 100% pain free, that's your bullseye. We, we know that targets have rings. Ray, you talked about the onion. We peel back the onion, right? You know, we, what are the layers to that goal? So if you look at the target, if you look at the onion, you notice that there's different layers to it. You start setting those goals to reach that bullseye. 
So the bullseye is what do you want to accomplish at the end of this so that we, you know, never have to see each other again, because that's, that's the goal of athletics. You know, we, you want to know the athletic trainer, but you don't really want to get to know them. Um, you know, what's the center, what's the outer ring. So what's the goal to get to that center? What's the goal out here to get to that ring, to get to the center and then so on and so forth. You know, that's how I look at it when it comes to goal setting, we set those goals from the outside in, but knowing that our center, our bullseye is what we want to achieve overall. So yeah, you, you may see the athlete three times a day. You may see them three times a week. It doesn't change the fact that what you want to accomplish with them is what they're setting forward. All right. I'm very similar with that in, in my setting. So I literally have to just like sit and like write out goals. Um, and I always start with like the long-term goals and it could be four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, you know, depending on why they're seeing me. I'm like, all right, here's the big ultimate thing. And then in part, because this is just the way our system works, but it, I like this. And then, okay, so say it's an eight week goal. Let's go back. What do we need to achieve at six weeks approximately, you know, or four weeks and whatever, like the same thing, you know, versus a target. And I have that same idea of just kind of like working out from there. For me, and that's not necessarily right or wrong, just for me, that's kind of what's always worked to see that big ultimate link, ultimate thing first, and then kind of inch our way back. From a patient standpoint, sometimes when you're speaking with them, you might have to go the opposite, that they might not even be able to or want to think about that long-term goal because it's so far away and they're so frustrated that they're not at a point where they want to be. So first, it could just be something really simple, like I want to be able to walk this far. I want to be able to drive again if you know they have an injury or surgery to their right leg um, before we get into those bigger athletic goals. Yeah, I, I, I love both of those ideas. So I, I think um, I'm, I'm going to speak a little bit to what uh, John had alluded to before. Just um, uh, So before when he was talking about the overall department goals um, and kind of just setting them on a board and always looking back to those. Um, and then in addition, the, the, the uh, target with the bullseye he just mentioned. So I think having our, our patients just see what their goal is, uh, is important. Um, and, and, and visualizing visualization is such a huge part of, of rehab sometimes just because if, if, they, if, a, if a patient can't see it, they're going to be having a lot have a very good difficult time getting to where they want to get to at times. Um, so I, there's times where I'll have, I'll say, Hey, you know, take a picture of your ankle. We'll talk about your ankle, Jeremy. So take a picture of your ankle today and let's take a, let's take a picture of it two days status post the injury. Um, and let's see what it looks like. Let's see how you've improved. Um, and then, and then kind of go from there or take a, let's take a video of you walking today. Let's take a video of you jogging today. Um, and obviously ask for their permission to do so, but, um, and, and help them see the progress. Um, but I, I think, uh, even if you write it on your whiteboard while you're in an athletic training room, like, Hey, um, you know, Daria today, you, uh, you know, you, t uh, you mentioned this before you took, uh, um, five steps today without pain. Um, and then we get to the next day. Today's ten steps without pain. Look, look how far you came today. You know, again, they can. It's it's more. Um, uh, they can, again, they can visualize it and see their progress. All right. So if you're listening to the live stream, you'll see there's pauses. It's because I'm taking down these notes so I can remember. So I'm not just hearing it. And because really, this is a problem, not a problem, but a, an issue I want to get better at. So I, I try to take down the notes from people who are doing things well. Um, and again, I like the the idea of taking the picture. But it's so cool because you can have the students because they pretty much always have their phones. You can have the students, hey, you take the picture, you keep it. And then maybe, you know, you make it a TikTok or a Snapchat story or whatever it is, you know, and you put all those pictures combined and you see the evolution of your ankle or you say, OK, well, set up your phone, video yourself walking and do it from the different angle because they're used to putting themselves on 
video or camera all the time. And so then it, it's incorporating something that they already like, helping them see their goal. But John, you said the bullseye, Ray, you said I like them to see their goal. And Dara, you said you sit down and you'll write it out. Do you, do you have like scratch paper in your office and say, okay, well write down on the center of this bullseye, what your goal is, and then we're going to work together. Or is this something that, that you just talk about, or is it something that you do on your own time and then hand it to them? For me, it's, we keep soap note and rehab sheets out for all of our athletes. So, uh, athlete comes in, say we start seeing them, uh, typically for me, it's around three times. So student comes in, they get their ankle taped or, you know, Hey, maybe they rolled their ankle and, um, they're good in a day or so. Uh, we're not doing a lot of stuff with them. We, we don't do a lot of writing down with them. Uh, it's the students that we start seeing daily. Uh, maybe they're coming back from uh, surgery or maybe they're dealing with uh, a chronic injury. That's when we start writing down our rehab notes. Uh, we, we keep on one side of the sheet, we keep a log of the exercises and then we chart it out. So we chart, you know, on one side is the exercises and then we chart it out daily. Um, we go back to that. We talked with the athlete. We get to show them the progress that they're making. But on the other side of that is the old school soap note. A lot of times we don't write on there, but we'll write on the end of it, the plan. And we'll always talk with our students about the plan. What do we want to get out of our rehab? What are we trying to accomplish here? You know, that's the, the what is our goal? And we write that down. And, uh, you know, if I don't do it every single time, uh, you know, at least we, we go back to that. That is the number one thing that we're trying to get at. And if we write it down, we're not forgetting it. So we can say, hey, our goal for today is, is this. And then you may ask me tomorrow and I've already forgotten it because I didn't write it down. Once you write things down, they become more of a, a solid thing that you go back to. It becomes more of that bullseye for me. Uh, it, it's, we start working and you know, we, maybe we start pushing a little bit too much. Maybe we get a little bit into the weeds and the rehab exercises. We start doing some crazy TRX stuff. Are we going, are we, uh, are we achieving the goal that we set at the beginning of this or do we need to change the goal? So that's why we write it down. We always write things down uh, so that we know that is the center of the bullseye that we want to achieve. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. I, in a different setting, I write down everything. When I first um, I have my first session with a patient, I usually, I just have a word document open because for me, it doesn't work to type into our system right away. So I just have this big word document writing stuff and I go back later on and then they'll put it together into like a nice readable paragraph or two. And then, um, you know, still then um, by nature just being an outpatient clinic, I have to then go through the objective and get all my measures and all those things in and then move into the assessment, which in a, that's where the specific, I have to write out what all the goals are. And I'll literally be in that page and like, nope, I have to go back. Let me look at what they were talking about subjectively. Let me look at some of the things that I found in the assessment, in the objective part to then go into the um, assessment and like writing the goals. So for me, like I'm typically not um, like sitting with the patient, like writing them down, like literally with them. But sometimes what I'll do, especially when it's longer, when they're like post-ops or people just have very long-standing chronic conditions and they're getting frustrated, like I'll literally show them, I'll open up the program and say like, hey, look, like three weeks ago on this day, whatever it was, you know, we did this. And now, and I have it written down, so we remember. And now, you know, today, look, we're doing this and this exercise is harder, however we wanna measure that. Um, to help show them that they are making progress. And 
it's for most people it's, it's helpful because it's easy to like lose as a patient and to lose sight of things especially if, again if it's a longer rehab and they've been there for a while and they feel like they just see you every single day or maybe they do um to be able to show them to look back um and give them some numbers and things. And for some people, it might be the specific goal. Some people I might just pull up, look, this was your degrees of range of motion at your ankle that you had before. We measured it. Remember the day we measured it. And now we're over here. For some people it might be more helpful to look at the functional things. Like they don't care about degrees. That means nothing to them. It could be before you had to go up the step one at a time. And now you're able to go up the steps recipro reciprocally. So that's where, again, like super helpful. Because also I would not remember anything if I didn't write it down. So it was very helpful to me to have it. And on a day-to-day -day basis, I'll, as the patient's coming in and I'm talking to them, again, I'll just quickly write down in a Word document what they're telling me and then go back later into my note and incorporate that into what we're doing that day. Yeah, I think what I like to do is, uh, so every single day I, I write our, um, we're by appointment here with COVID, uh, which is really nice, but uh, <laughs> um, we, every day I'll have uh, every single student athlete that's scheduled an appointment with me for the day up on the board and their specific um, treatment and rehab plan for the day. Um, the good part about that is that um, at, even during our session or at the end of our session, I'll go through and I'll say, okay, well, you know, what, what, what did you like? What didn't you like? What was easy? What was hard? Um, you know, what can we improve, et cetera. So they have a little bit of visualization there. Um, the second thing that I like to do is there's, there's times where I'll pull up, um, you know, Daria's profile on our EHR and I'll actually, you know, we'll, I'll put a plan together at the end of our, my, um, documentation and I'll, I'll sit with the re the athlete and say, okay, what, what's our, let's write it. Let's type it out together. What's our plan for tomorrow or what's our plan for our next session? Um, how did we feel today, et cetera. And then you get a little bit more of, again, that feeling of, uh, communal effort and collective effort. One of the things that recently I've tried is I said, okay, you know, it's kids that may have been coming in for a while. I said, okay, so what we need to do is we need to warm up. We need to do these exercises. Then we'll do some new exercises and then we'll um, foam roll at the end. So how do you want to warm up and how long do you feel like you need to warm up? And so again, it's talking about giving them ownership. Like, all right, well, I'm going to go walk up and down the stairs or I'm going to hop on the bike. I'm going to just go jog five laps around the gym. Okay. Well, you, when you're when you're done warming up, you come back and then we'll get started with these exercises. And again, it's helping them listen to their body. So that's one of the things that I've done and we use rank one here. And so what they have, they have a public login. So essentially the, the computer, the kids will just log in. They'll give them their ID, their sport, the side or, you know, left, right, whatever, the part of the body and the side of the body so that when we go back later, we'll be able to add some documentation. And so then a lot of times I'll take that, a paper and then just write down, you know, Ray is feeling, okay, pain is two out of 10 today. All right. Well, you know, that's about the same as yesterday or, Hey, that's, you know, less than yesterday, just because I remember, or they remember. And then I ask them the, well, how full is your battery question? And then, um, what I've been trying to do is write down right there on that paper, okay, well, here's kind of what I would like to do today. How do you feel about those exercises? Are those challenging enough? You want to add in some more right there? And so then like on that paper, similar to what you're doing on a board, but, you know, kind of as we're talking about it with them there, saying, okay, this, 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 and this, does this meet your goal? Yes, we're going to try and uh, we'll do these exercises. I know you have to leave at 4.30, so get as much of these done as you can you know how to warm up, how do you, however you want to choose today. And then if you're having any problems, then, you know, let me know and we'll adjust it from there. So lots of, lots of good stuff. I, I like the, making sure you write it down, the target, just changing the way you ask, getting to know them better. 
um, and not be like, what's your goal when you walk in? Because like John said, you know, six out of 10 or more are not going to know what you mean. Like, what do you mean? A coach just told me to come in. That was my goal to follow what coach said to do. Okay. All right. So how can I help you today? All right. Tell me a little bit about what's going on. And all right. So what would you like to see? You know, what would you like the outcome to be? Or, you know, what is, what is your bullseye? So I think those are definitely good ways to kind of change it up and ask. And, you know, I've talked about it before here in Pasadena. <clears throat> We're largely Hispanic. Some of them are first generation American or, you know, you, you know, some of them are only citizens because they're, they're, uh, <laughs> born here, that kind of thing. Um, there's some of them are even just undocumented. So they don't, they're not used to somebody talking to them about healthcare or even, you know, having healthcare. And it's one of those barriers that I have to try to put myself in their situation. And the best way I can do that is by asking them, Hey, how can I better communicate this to you? You know, or, you know, maybe somebody who's not as shy, but a kid that's been in for, been in the athletic training facility for a while. And they can say, Hey, you can ask this question better by doing this, that kind of thing. It says, are we setting goals only for time loss patients? And I think we've answered that. It's pretty much, it should be for everybody that's coming in. Um, maybe not that kid that, hey, I just want to get my finger taped. Okay, well, that's your goal. You're going to tape your finger because they jammed jammed it. Give you maybe a quick tip. Hey, why don't you keep it moving when you're outside of practice? Cool. All right, so we're not going to sit out and write down all the goals for that kid. But for any kid that, is going to be in there for any length of time. You definitely want to do this. So speaking of which, Daria, on our last podcast where we talked, you know, the industrial IT or the uh, the data collection one, uh, we've actually added that to our EMR and we've been marking it for anybody who misses a day. Again, like I said, there's the hole in the data where the if they don't come in, like over Thanksgiving, if they didn't sign in for treatment, we don't have that. But it's still better than what we had before. It'll just help show information later. So um, what other tips for implementing patient goal setting and rehab do you guys have before we bounce? I have something. I just thought of this because um, everything we've talked about so far is, you know, it's like pretty like example, straightforward orthopedic things. Kids are probably going to be better soon. Um, but somebody specifically I'm working with right now in this industrial setting has some longstanding pain. It's really complex, is able to do stuff like can go to the gym and work and all that stuff. Um, and for him, the goal isn't like to be pain-free because it's pro for multiple reasons, probably not going to happen. I um, mean, he's very focused on symptoms. This is a very big thing. Very, very, very hypervigilant of symptoms. So in that case, my goal with him isn't necessarily setting up like a specific rehab program and things, but we're trying to work on literally having like finding something to have fun with in his life that takes his mind away from all these symptoms that he's feeling, which sounds, that might sound silly to people, but I literally asked him like, is there a point where you're not feeling this pain? And he identified something like, hey, that's a thing. That's awesome. Even if it's just a few minutes, you have a thing that we can talk about when you're not feeling these symptoms. All right, what else can we work with? And then, you know, going into like hobbies and activities and like socializing, whatever, because having working with people who have like some longstanding things, it, it kind of changes. And like I said, maybe pain, being pain free isn't going to happen or maybe having 100% full function, whatever that is, for whatever reason, is it going to happen? You know, I work with people who might have Parkinson's or MS or other neurodegenerative things. So we're kind of trying to, as we said before, and kind of look at the whole thing. But specifically, I found with people with like persistent or chronic pain, which is unlikely, but could you could see that in a secondary setting is that with the child population, um, you might have to change your focus and change your plan and say, you know, we're not doing exercise today. Maybe we need to learn how learn a relaxation technique. Maybe we need to help identify something that you could do at home that is helping to change your situation. 
so that's, that's something that also changed with me as I started working more as a PT, because I was used to seeing young, healthy athletes who they have an orthopedic thing, they're going to go through this process, and they're probably going to be fine in a few weeks or months. But always being open minded with that, too, because I found with me, sometimes I don't always see that at first, I'm still thinking like, all right, we got to do some exercises to get you better. But sometimes it's not. And sometimes it's helping them to find strategies that they can take away to do things on their own. Yeah, I, I think my big takeaway from this this podcast today was that there's not necessarily a right way to, to go about goal setting, right? So, um, you know, myself, John, Daria, and Jeremy, we all use our, our, our own ways um, and, you know, for better or for worse. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, and you learn from it. Um, so I think uh, the, the beauty of this, this podcast is just, again, learning different um, ideas and, and tips to, to move forward with, uh, with, with your particular patients. Um, and then secondarily, that uh, it, it, it's really all about the patient. That's, that's, that's what matters the most is just going back to, um, you know, how they feel, what, what they're observing within themselves, uh, what they're observing in the clinic in terms of what they're receiving from the clinician. Um, and then, uh, creating, um, uh, you know, new habits moving forward to, to, to promote growth, um, in terms of, uh, their physical capabilities, emotional capabilities, psychosocial capabilities, et cetera. You know, for me, it's, it's practice what we preach. I think a lot of athletic trainers are, are great at, uh, what is it? Um, do as I say, not as I do. I think this is a case where we need to practice what we're preaching. So what, what are you as a practitioner? What are you as the athletic trainer doing? What are you, what goals are you setting that are going to help your patient population? How can the goals that you set on a daily basis, on a monthly basis, on a seasonal basis, whatever it may be, how are those goals helping you help your athlete or your, uh, your patient achieve their goals. So I think if, if the athletic trainers are good at setting their own goals, they're going to be able to better assist their patients and their patient population attain their goals that they want to set. During the whole month of November, I ran two miles. And so just over Thanksgiving, my left like arch was really hurting. I was like, okay, what do I do? So I practice, you know, I try to do those things, implement the things that I know. I use the, John, you okay? Yeah. Okay. You look like really excited, like really in like, I'm telling a fascinating story or something. <laughs> okay. So, so like my, I can't just are... be proud of you for running every day. I was really excited about oh, that. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so I was just like, making sure that something crazy wasn't going on. All right. <laughs> um, so my arch, my left arch was hurting. <clears throat> so I was like, all right, so let me try the, uh, lacrosse ball let me try the theragun thing um okay well let me try the the istm i was like oh okay that really helped well let me continue to do it not just today but let me do it for several days and then do some of the other things as well because my goal is to get rid of that pain so i can finish my month-long run so again like you said practice what you preach do those things implement those healthy habits into your life or like daria like you tell your patients sleep right <laughs> so those things that you're you're doing set those goals practice what you preach write things down um and i think every single comment suggestion is focused or centered around the patient so don't put your ego in the way step out of the way focus it on them give them ownership allow them to be in charge or responsible of their own health care and you're gonna walk with them and guide them so if you're pulling them leading them then then you're not doing it correctly I think that's a really good like overall, but then there's lots of good practical tips within 
this podcast. Um, a lot of things that I'm going to be able to take away and do. So I know if you go to physicaltherapy.com slash one free course, that's the number one and then F-R-E-E-C-O-U-R-S-E. So physicaltherapy.com slash one free course. It's about a hundred bucks. You can get unlimited CEUs. And, you know, I was just looking it up. They have some uh, goal setting for patient care and they have some that are like home health care. But, you know, if you go through those courses, then you pick up one or two tips, implement them, pick up one or two tips, implement them, those kind of things then that, that's really how you're going to grow other than just completely changing everything. So again, check out physicaltherapy.com slash one. So the number one free course and go from there. John Seiko on Twitter. So John C-I-C-K-O, best way to get a hold of John. Daria, last time said on tap physio on Twitter. Great way to get a hold of her. So on tap Physio, so there's two P's, so T-A-P and then P-H-I-S-I-O. Ray Olivo 20 on Twitter, Ray Olivo 20. And again, I'm Mr. Jeremy Jackson on most social medias. So if you find me, you can probably find the other ones because I've tagged them in this post uh, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and things like that. So if you want to get a hold of one of them and you can't find them on social media, then just reach out to me and I'll hook you up. Daniel Young was going to join us and he... There's a link in the show notes that I'll put in the post that he uses for goal setting. He said he uses it like in his classroom and his student athletic trainers, and then it can easily be adapted for athletes if you wanted to have like a little worksheet, like, okay, what are your goals for today? How are you doing today? That kind of thing. A lot of the same stuff we talked about. I think that's it. Sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash goal setting in rehab. Sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash goal setting in rehab. So for Jeremy, Daria, Ray, John and the Sports Medicine Broadcast. That is a wrap. Thanks. I'm never getting excited for you ever again. <laughs>